Okay, welcome back to HealthSpan. This is part two of metformin and aging and aging-related diseases. On the previous podcast, I discussed how metformin was able to ameliorate many of the aging-related diseases like cardiovascular disease, cancer, dementia, and type 2 diabetes. And in this episode, I'm going to be discussing how metformin specifically targets the different hallmarks of aging one by one. Cumulative, e- cumulative evidence from a number of experiments and clinical trials demonstrated that metformin delays aging and has significant protective effects against aging-related diseases, mainly by affecting the hallmarks of aging. Now, what are the hallmarks of aging? So the established hallmarks of aging are dysregulated nutrient sensing, loss of proteostasis, mitochondrial dysfunction, altered intracellular communication, telomere attrition, genomic instability, epigenetic alteration, stem cell exhaustion, and cellular senescence. Those are the established hallmarks of aging. There are nine of them, and we're going to go through each of them individually and see how exactly metformin affects each of these. So to begin, we'll be discussing the dysregulated nutrient sensing. Betetti et al. demonstrated that multiple signaling pathways that sense energy status and nutrient availability of cells communicated with growth factors and growth hormone signaling pathways to orchestrate metabolic homeostasis in humans. So metabolic homeostasis is an essential part of the cellular and organismal homeostasis. It's sort of keeping balance in your cells. And her, along with Smith et al., showed that during aging and during when we age, the nutrient sensing pathways were really dysregulated, which resulted in a gradual deterioration in the regulation of metabolic homeostasis. So studies from several groups revealed that metformin exerted its anti-aging effect by improving this dysregulated nutrient sensing, mainly through regulation of the four most important nutrient sensing pathways, including the downregulation of insulin IGF and mTOR, specifically mTOR complex 1 signaling pathways, and upregulation of AMPK and CERT1 signaling pathways. So when we talk about dysregulated nutrient sensing, we're talking about these different signaling pathways that get turned on and off depending on our, again, our nutrient availability, our, our environment, certain pharmaceuticals that we take. These are the different nutrient sensing, sensing pathways. And there are four main ones. So it's IGF mTOR on one side. And on the other side, you have AMPK and sirtuins. And we know that AMPK and sirtuins are sort of the evolutionary pathways that help that get turned on when we are in a low energy state and we want to conserve and we want to activate autophagy and we want to create new mitochondria. This is the AMPK sirtuin pathway. And then you have the IGF mTOR, which is all about growth. So when nutrients are there and food is present, you know, IGF mTOR get activated. So we have these two kind of antagonistic uh, signaling pathways, IGF mTOR on one side, AMPK and sirtuin on the other. And we've been shown, or it's been shown in multiple studies that metformin decreases the level of insulin IGF through this inhibition of this insulin receptor substrate and then the PI3AKT mTOR signaling pathway, which plays a key role in controlling aging and cancer. So we see a decrease in this pathway and we see an increase in the AMPK sirtuin signaling pathway, which are the good pathways. Now, mainly through the mTOR complex one, as I mentioned, is the way by which you know, metformin is working. So there was another study by Kalender et al. that showed metformin directly inhibited mTOR complex 1 in a RAS-related GTP binding protein, uh, GTPase-dependent manner. 
though that's not, not necessarily important right now, but just, just remembering that the effects of metformin really come from inhibition of mTOR complex 1. And there's another mechanism by which AMPK activated uh, phosphorylation of Raptor and uh, TSC2 is involved. So Raptor is this kind of protein that's involved with the complex 1. And when metformin activated on this Raptor, Raptor by phosphorylation, it inhibits the mTOR complex. So that's sort of the mechanism by which we're, we are inhibiting mTOR. And then, of course, activation of AMPK, that's, that's how we know metformin works, as I mentioned in the previous uh, episode. So that's the sort of dysregulated nutrient sensing. I believe this is the most important one, in, in, my, in my opinion. So that's why I wanted to cover it first, because, you know, if you listen to my Joel Green podcast, and if you listen to my previous podcasting, aging really revolves around this sort of, you know, nutrient sensing, energy state, and too much cell cycle progression, so we know when insulin is present, hyperinsulinemia, when too much mTOR gets activated, we progress through the cell cycle so much, and then we create more inflammation, more sort of uh, accumulation of senescent cells, and more of these hallmarks of aging. So it, it really c- comes down to, it really goes back to this nutrient sensing. So we want more AMPK, sirtuin, less mTOR, insulin, IGF. So that is, you know, the multiple pathways of metformin, you know, targeting aging and um, for the next hallmark of aging, I wanted to cover the loss of proteostasis. So what is proteostasis? So protein homeostasis or proteostasis is important for cell function and viability. So under normal physiologic conditions, cells take advantage of a series, a series of processes to regulate the synthesis, folding, conformational stability, and degra- degradation of their proteomes to maintain proteostasis. So when you look at the structure of a protein, the quaternary structure of protein, you can see it's sort of uh, multiple small structures kind of intertwined in a, in a properly folded manner. So this is the quaternary type of protein. If you look at the primary, for example, it's just a string of amino acids. And then, you know, secondary tertiary kind of involve like um, interactions of side chains and, and that kind of stuff. But when you look at the quaternary structure of a protein, you see it's sort of multiple structures folded in this precise manner. And this is sort of what proteostasis is. And this folding of proteins together is really mediated by heat shock proteins and other proteins, which I'll get to. But proteostasis involves mechanisms for the stabilization of correctly folded proteins by chaperone-mediated protein folding molecules and a stability system. And mechanisms for the degradation of protein by this autophagy lysosomal system, and also the ubiquinated uh, proteasome system. So proteins have to get folded properly, and they also have to get degraded properly. The way proteins get folded properly, uh, again, is through this you know, heat shock-mediated chaperone protein uh, molecule, and it gets de- degraded through this autophagy and also ubiquinated uh, proteasome. So if you look in the organelle, you see this barrel-like shaped structure called the proteasome. So when a protein is ready to get degraded, it'll get tagged with uh, ubiquitin. And then once it gets tagged, it'll get sent to the proteasome for degradation. So that's sort of how degradation works in, in, in humans. And we see that aging is involved, one of the hallmarks of aging is the loss of proteostasis. So we're not able to fold the proteins properly as we get older. We're also not able to degrade the proteins as we get older. 
and metformin attenuates aging and aging-related diseases by maintaining proteostasis through inhibition of protein misfolding and enhancement of autophagy. So metformin has a dual role when it comes to loss of proteostasis. Not only does it help enhance autophagy in the clearing out of these proteins, but it also inhibits the protein misfolding in the first place. And we know when proteins get misfolded, a lot of things go away. For example, this is where neurodegeneration comes in, you know, the Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Also, we need proteins for general function in our cells through, you know, transportation of certain molecules. So protein misfolding is very important. And again, we know metformin attenuates aging and aging-related diseases by maintaining this proteostasis. And there was another study that in a rat model, metformin was able to maintain this protein homeostasis by really regulating the unfolded protein response, which is a you know, chaperone molecule like you know, heat shock proteins and then this other protein he mentions like glucose regulated protein. These are all proteins that help in the folding. And in Alzheimer's disease, and in another mouse model by Zhu et al., coworker and the coworkers, they showed that metformin actually promoted the activation of chaperone-mediated autophagy and partly reversed the pathologies of this aging-related diseases. So again, through the process of autophagy, when we take metformin, we're able to clear out those misfolded proteins. So they found that you know, amyloid beta precursor protein is a chaperone-mediated autophagy substrate. And when, people, when these mouse or these rats took metformin, it upregulated the kind of autophagy process of getting rid of, lo- rid of those amyloid precursor proteins. So this is why, again, metformin is involved in, uh, you know, proteostasis. So that's sort of the loss of proteostasis. So we went over nutrient sensing. We went over proteostasis. Now I wanted to go over through mitochondrial dysfunction. So mito- mitochondrial dysfunction is another hallmark of aging. We know mitochondria are the energy currency of our cells. They also do other functions like maintain calcium homeostasis. They're involved in apoptosis. They also have different uh, reactive oxygen species that help with signaling. So they do a lot of things. And we know mitochondrial dysfunction is really one of the hallmarks of aging. And metformin actually upregulated mitochondrial biogenesis by CERT3 through AMP kinase-mediated methylation and also delayed aging. So we make new mitochondria when these AMPK sirtuin pathways get activated. And we know when AMP kinase gets activated, we turn on other downstream genes. So whenever I talk about AMPK, remember that this is the upstream signal and there's a lot of downstream signals that it targets. One of the downstream signals that AMPK targets is this other molecule called PGC1-alpha. PGC1-alpha is a co-transcriptional regulator that promotes mitochondrial biogenesis, so the formation of new mitochondria. And a large number of studies have shown that metformin can improve mitochondrial biogenesis by increasing the expression of PGC1-alpha in a tissue-specific manner. Su et al. showed that metformin enhanced PGC1-alpha expression and mitochondrial biogenesis by promoting, again, AMPK phosphorylation and improving insulin resistance in skeletal muscle. So we know this is the mechanism by which we make more mitochondria through AMP kinase. Now, in addition to mitochondrial dysfunction, recent studies suggest that the therapeutic effect of metformin on aging-related diseases might be through the regulation of mitochondrial dynamics. So these are things like mitochondrial fusion and also fission. So through these mechanisms, we actually increase the quality and quantity of 
the mitochondria. And we know we can activate PGC1-alpha in other ways. You don't necessarily have to take metformin. You can do things like fasting. So fasting induces hepatic PGC1-alpha expression. Exercise also increases PGC1-alpha in skeletal and cardiac muscle. We also know that cold exposure, so an ice bath or a cold shower, this induces PGC1-alpha. And again, PGC1-alpha, the main transcription factor that really helps in formation of new mitochondria. So that is mitochondrial dysfunction. The next hallmark of aging is altered intracellular communication. So as we age, the signals that... So aging, is it not only impacts the cell's autonomous system, but it also affects the other cell functions through intercellular communication. So our cells are constantly communicating with each other through like neuronal, endocrine, neuroendocrine, uh, different hormones and signals. And out of normal physiologic state, things don't really go awry and these signals work perfectly fine. But as we age, these signals that normally get sent, they tend to become more inflammatory. So as we age, the signal that gets sent, these chemical messengers, they tend to become you know, more inflammatory and they also kind of lead to this chronic low-grade and sterile inflammation in the body. And we know inflammation promotes epigenetic changes and loss of protein stability and stem cell dysfunction and a lot of these different hallmarks of aging. So inflammation is not necessarily a hallmark of aging, but it's sort of implicated in a lot of these different diseases that we're seeing. And clinical follow-up showed that metformin alone significantly reduced circulating pro-inflammatory cytokine levels and mortality in elderly diabetic patients. So this is an extremely important point. Metformin inhibited the expression of pro-inflammatory cytokines like TNF-alpha and IL-6 by regulating the NF-kappa-B pathway. And this reduced the susceptibility to aging-related diseases. So NF-kappa-B, again, is the main transcription factor, making a lot of these different cytokines like TNF-alpha and IL-6. And we know, again, metformin, it's inhibiting this NF-kappa-B pathway, therefore kind of improving the alteration of these cellular communications. So we don't get inflammation, really. We get more proper signaling. And again, once again, you don't have to necessarily take metformin. We know calorie restriction also helps with inflammation and also eating certain foods like leafy greens and high amounts of omega-3s and berries, olive oil. All these help reduce uh, NF-kappa-B. But again, because this is about metformin, we're really sticking with metformin here. So on to the next hallmark of aging. So the next hallmark of aging is telomere attrition. So telomeres are the quote-unquote end caps of our DNA. They are located at the end of the chromosomes and are essential for protecting the integrity of the chromosome and also controlling organismal aging. So when you look at the end of your chromosome, you see this repeat of TTAGGG. These are the nucleotide bases. And these, this signal of TTAGG G gets repeated like 3,000 times at the ends of your DNA, and these are your telomeres. And we know as we age, our telomeres get shorter and shorter. And we know in a study that he mentions here that in leukocytes or white blood cells, relative telomere length was shown to be inversely associated with glycemic level. And we know, again, as we age, the telomere, they become shorter and shorter. And of course, we have interventions for this, but activation of telomerase by pharmacologic or other technologies actually reversed the 
premature aging phenotype of telomerase. So we see that certain interventions can actually help increase the telomere length. And AMPK was shown to regulate telomere transcription through telomere repeat RNA. And again, metformin also reduced telomere attrition of leukocytes in patients with mild age, aging-related diabetes, and it had an obvious anti-aging effect. So again, through some mechanism that's not fully elicited in this paper, metformin seems to somehow increase the telomere length, likely through possibly increasing the you know, telomerase activity. So onto the next hallmark is genomic instability. So genomic instability is mainly due to DNA damage and mutation accumulation caused by various endogenous and, and also exogenous factors. And we know genomic instability is really a key marker of aging. And artificially induced genomic instability actually accelerates cell aging. So it's important to keep our genome stable and prevent a lot of this endogenous and exogenous uh, factors from, from damaging it. And again, we have here a study that it is believed that metformin protects genomic stability by in part inhibiting oxidative stress and DNA damage by regulating certain protein kinases like AT, ATM, ataxia telangiectasia mutation. And metformin also inhibited DNA damage in Drosophila by downregulating, again, aging-related and oxidative stress-induced uh, AKT activity. So we're seeing this antioxidant effect of metformin and it preventing it from damaging our DNA. And there was a study by Vasquez, Martin, and co-workers that showed that metformin actually recruited DNA repair complexes, complexes to repair broken DNA double strands. So metformin is actually recruiting DNA repair mechanisms in our body, again, likely through this ATM that I mentioned, and also, also these different checkpoint kinases. So we're repairing the DNA and we're creating more stability in our genome. Again, another hallmark of aging. The next hallmark of aging is epigenetic alterations. So this section was not too strong and not fully elicited, but we know that our epigenetic alterations ha you know, happen as we age. This is how the Horvath clock works. We're able to see the methylation patterns on our DNA, and it's able to tell us our biological age. And we know increasing evidence suggests that metformin can actually regulate transcription and post-transcriptional activity through distinct epigenetic modification mechanisms. So somehow it's not fully explained. Um, I mean, he mentions here something about miRNA expression, but really we're not exactly sure how metformin somehow affects the methylation pattern or the epigenetic uh, effects of, uh, of the epigenome. So somehow we're able to modulate this epigenetics, which again, really helps control our genome. And metformin again is involved in this sort of way. The passage was not fully too strong with his evidence. So I'm just going to kind of skip to the next um, hallmark of aging, which is stem cell exhaustion. So we are almost done. We have two more. So stem cell exhaustion and cellular senescence are the last two hallmarks of aging. So stem cells are the unspecialized cells which can get differentiated into different tissues. So increasing evidence suggests that metformin actually delays stem cell aging and activates its rejuvenation capacity by increasing antioxidant effect, activating AMPK signaling, and inhibiting mTOR complex 1 to initiate autophagy. So low-dose metformin administration was shown to increase the expression of you know, glutathione peroxidase, this sort of antioxidant, 
via this NRF2. And this helps delay premature uh, cellular senescence and extend the lifespan of these mesenchymal stem cells. So that's a lot of jargon, medical jargon there and pathways. But just remember that, again, through this NRF2 and AMP kinase signaling pathway, we're able to prolong the amount of stem cells in our body, which, again, this is a hallmark of aging, is stem cell exhaustion or stem cell depletion. So we're somehow able to create and rejuvenate more stem cells through this AMPK pathway, again, via metformin. And I mentioned really quickly the cellular senescence. So this NRF2 really delayed the cellular senescence, which is the irreversible arrest of the cell cycle. And we know that cell cycle gets arrested and senescence occurs because of a lot of these internal and external stressors. And senescent cells can produce a, a lot of complex mixtures of chemokines, cytokines, different growth factors, and different proteases. These are all called SASPs or senescence-associated secretory phenotype. These are, again, molecules that get secreted from senescent cells and cause a lot of havoc on other neighboring cells that are normal. And this is why it's so important to clear out senescent cells. And metformin was actually shown to inhibit senescence-associated secretory phenotypes and cellular senescence in multiple aging-related uh, dysfunctions. So, for example, in lens epithelial cells and nucleus pulposus cells, metformin actually reduced SASPs and senescence by, again, activation of AMPK signaling and restoration of the autophagic flux. And last but not least, there was a study by Smizek et al. that found that metformin, again, suppressed SASPs and senescence in ex vivo cultures of different olfactory endothelial cells via downregulation of NF-kappa B. So through NF-kappa B, we not only help with the intracellular communication, which I talked about already, but also the, the inflammation that occurs from senescent cells. Metformin inhibits this signaling that gets sent out from these senescent cells, these SASPs, and actually you know, it is able to keep these cells more in a quiescent state and also get rid of them through autophagy. So this is the power of metformin. Um, I know today's episodes seem really like a laundry list, but I wanted to get through specifically how metformin affects each of these hallmarks. So previous podcast, I, list about, I talked about metformin in different aging-related diseases. In this podcast, I went through specifically how metformin is able to affect each of the hallmarks of aging. So if you're not sold by now of the effects of metformin, uh, I really don't know what else to say. The evidence is there in all animal species. Again, through this activation of AMP kinase, we turn on this you know, longevity switch in our body. So again, if you are pre-diabetic, diabetic, into the anti-aging realm, I recommend you looking into metformin. And again, talk to your doctor first, but I'm letting you know metformin, the evidence is there. And this is one of the molecules that I think in the near future, maybe within the next 5-10 years, more and more people are going to start taking it. The word's really going to get out about its anti-aging effect. And we know, again, it's safe. It's been around for a long time. And again, this is something I impl implement in my own uh, nutraceutical uh, regimen. So uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you learned about the different hallmarks of aging and specifically how metformin was able to affect each of them. So on to the next podcast, and I hope you enjoyed again, and I hope you listen to the next podcast. Thanks for listening.